Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon and I are going to have a conversation with Deanne Goodman. Deanne Goodman had a career as a newscaster on television, and so she was just following those leads. If it bled, it led. And that was the mantra of her career, as well as the mantra for the career of many people who report sports. However, something in her life changed, and she decided, you know what? The world needs more positivity in it. And rather than reporting on the things that focus around death and dying and blood, she now focuses on happier news. Her podcast is called In Happier News, and I myself have been honored to be a guest on her show. So Deanne is going to be on here to share with us how she had a mindset shift that not only changed the news that people can consume, it also changed the quality of her life, and it changed her career in a way that allows her to live in alignment with who she is inside. So we're going to start off and have this conversation with Deanne, but before before we do, go ahead and if you haven't already subscribed to our show, hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. There you go. With that said, let's begin. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How's the ADHD going right now? It is in full force. Yes, I can tell. But we're in a smaller room now, so it's better because I can't go as far. Yeah, like in the other room, (laughs) it was longer and you'd, yeah, you'd be like 30 feet away and somebody would ask you a question and you're like nowhere to be found. And so that was why we also for like a year put you on like that four foot headset cable. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was funny because you'd like knock all the equipment on the floor. Uh, anyway, that's not why we're here. Uh, we actually have Deanne Goodman calling us from sunny San Diego, California. How are you doing, Deanne? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Awesome. Doing great. Uh, entertaining myself by seeing Brandon not be able to stand still. So that's awesome. Now oh, I'm now doing, he's doing it. <laughs> I can't speak and stand still at the same time. I have to move. There we go. Now, the reason why we asked you to be on the show is that, well, one, we met through the Podcast Movement Facebook page, and you have a very interesting story in that you're a journalist, and then, just like many other journalists, if it bled, it led, and that's what you pursued, those stories that were just about death and carnage and scandal and all that. And then you had this like turning point and decided, you know what? I'm not going to report on that anymore. I want to report on the positive news that isn't being put out there enough. In fact, you have your own show in Happier News. I got to be a guest on it. And Ooh. that was a sad day, though. Well, I mean, it was a sad story I told. So <laughs> the fact but it that had she, positive on it. Yes. <laughs> there you um, go. So the way she was able to like get me to tell that story to end on a happier note, that was like kudos to Deanne on that one. Yeah. Um, because I could have just kept on going dark, 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 but I mean, <laughs> not really. Cause I do choose to be happy and there positive. So it would have wound up in a positive note, but anyway, I was taking them on the long road and she found a way to kind of bring it right back to where it was much more That's succinct. Cool. And I guess cause she's a professional journalist and all. There you go. So, uh, Deanne, we should probably say hi after like, 20 yeah. Minutes of- yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're glad that you're able to join us. And uh, so, yeah, tell us about your early career in journalism and, you know, what a typical day or week or month was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my 
become uh, my first TV news job right out of college. So I was about age 22 years old, really ambitious. And it is a cutthroat industry when you're young. You start in tiny towns and you got to work your way up to the bigger markets. And it's hard to even get that first job. I applied to probably 100 news stations and I didn't get a single offer. <laughs> and it took me going into my car and driving. I went to school in Nashville at Vanderbilt. And I'm from San Diego, and I was just going to hand deliver my resume. It was on VHS tape at the time. <laughs> oh, my. And I had this – and I didn't even – you know, you didn't even have GPS in your car. I had my, like, sidekick phone that kind of had internet, and I had printed all these MapQuest maps, and I was just going to drive and just hit every tiny station and say, Hi, I'm Deanne. Here's my resume. Do you have an opening for a news reporter position? And the first day of my drive, I got offered a job in Greenville, Mississippi, which awesome. is one of the poorest parts of America. And I drove, they needed an answer within about 48 hours. So I drove for another day and a half. And I thought, well, maybe everyone's going to offer me a job, but they didn't. So I turned around <laughs> and I <laughs> said, okay, let's start here. So that was how I got my start. And I was a one man band reporter, which is where you set up your own camera, you run in front of it, you run behind it, you do all your editing, all your shooting. And then after a year there, I was able to move on to, a, for me, a more desirable market. And I moved to Oregon, where I was a main anchor and a reporter. That's such a great uh, description because I, I I have a few friends that are starting in their career and people don't realize that, you know, you are the makeup person, you're the setup person, you're the producer, director, editor, you do it all and they may or may not play it, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not as glamorous. And when you're starting out, you pay your dues for yeah, sure. Absolutely. You're eating in a van and hopefully you get oh, yeah. to eat fast enough to get out there and cover the story. And it's usually either raining or hot or cold or something bad's happening mm -hmm. is the only reason you're probably even there. And you have yeah. to chase down your own stories too, right? You yeah. So you're enterprising a lot of your own stories or they're telling you go and do this story. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also when you start out, the pay is not amazing either. So that <laughs> I don't tell you that part in the brochure, yeah. do they? Yeah, yeah. I, I want like, you know, Walter part. Cronkite money or Tom Brokaw money. And it's like, no, not not at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my first job, they said, okay, it starts at seventeen five. And I thought, okay, seventeen dollars and fifty cents. I can work with that. And it was seventeen thousand five hundred. And this wow. was two thousand and five. So yes, it was a a while ago, but still, it's yeah. like below the poverty line. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow, glad I went to college to get this <laughs> yeah, exactly. job. This is My awesome. student loans yeah. for yeah. more a semester. Yeah, but, exactly. um, but you know, that's, if you want something bad enough, you're going to do it and you're going to, you're going to go that. all in. Yeah. And, and we love telling those stories because too many times we go, well, you're here now. It's like, yeah, but where did you start? Cause we all mm -hmm. want to start up here, but you got to start you know, opening your own doors and putting up your own camera and, and convincing somebody to listen to that story. That's how you kind of build up yeah. and you got to play by their rules to some extent. You know, you, you don't get to report on the things you want to report. Most <laughs> of the time you have to kind of just play along. And exactly. then you got to go to uh, Washington state. Is that Oregon. Um, Oregon? Oregon? And you became an anchor, but you're still probably telling stories. Other people are deciding need to be told. Yes, absolutely. So the evening news is very much a producer basically coming up with what the top stories are. And it always is if it bleeds, it leads. So it always started off with the most powerful story. Mm -hmm. And I was also reporting at the time, too. So I would go out, report, and then evening anchor as well. That's awesome. So yeah. how did you decide 
that, you know, obviously they're telling you kind of what to report on in the evening news, but how did you work in some of these stories that you really wanted to tell? Because that's a real journalist, the people, I, I need to go dig this story up and tell it. Yeah. So every morning we would come in and have a morning meeting. And part of that was that you had to pitch five things going on or five stories that you wanted to tell. And I would come in and be like, oh, you know, there's puppies at the Humane Society that need to get adopted or there's this new cupcake shop. And they'd be like, no, you're not covering that. (laughs) You know, go cover the crime. So that was always a little defeating for me, but also you know, I would search for the more hard hitting stories so that I could come in and they'd be like, good, fine. And go get that. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Show, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Now, if anybody died from eating the cupcakes, maybe you know, we could <laughs> then they would send stuff. me there for sure. Or, or they, you know, a lot of go cover city council. And that was right. for me, that was never my favorite. So if I could get out yeah. of those kind of stories, I would I'd rather cover crime. Absolutely. So <laughs> where did you go from uh, Portland from there? Like, where did the next job okay. come along? So I was I was in Bend and then I left Bend in 2008 and started freelancing in San Diego. Mm. And then that was right when the recession hit and it was like <laughs> the worst timing. So they basically were letting all their freelancers go. A lot of their full-time people go. And that's when I kind of was transitioned into online news, digital news, but I ended up loving it because it was more positive and it was something that I could pick and choose what I wanted to work with. And, and we can definitely get into the story of, of what led to all that as well. Yeah. Right. That that's really where I was leading to is like what got you. It's easy to make decisions based on job availability or money. I mean, we all have to eat and pay the electric bill, but at some point, especially in 2008 when you're 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 really still trying to build and you were like, "Okay, the recession's hit. So the bottom falls out. How, what do I do from here?" And that necessity actually enabled you to do what you ultimately wanted to do anyway was tell stories but not necessarily all just the bad stuff, but lead with some really happy news. So what kind of clicked for you and and took you down that route? Yeah. So I actually, when I, when 2008 hit, I ended up working for a firefighter news network and that was just so much fun. I was like hanging out with just really positive people all the time. Um, So I, I think I started seeing all these doors open, but I truly believe it was the universe or God that kind of led me down that path because I think if the recession didn't hit, I don't know, maybe I still would have been trying to be a hard hitting crime reporting, blood loving journalist, <laughs> because even though I had this crazy story happen to me, it was like, it took a long time for me to process what really happened. So I'll dive right into it. So basically, when I moved to Oregon, I was this time I was 23 years old. 
And being offered a main anchor position at 23 is a pretty big deal. So when I got there, the other girls at the station immediately hated my guts (laughs) and wanted nothing to do with me. They pretty much wanted the position I was just offered. And they just weren't the most friendly type. So I had no friends in this town. I knew no one. I had just gone through a really bad breakup. So I was just lonely and sad. And about a couple months in, I had a vacation planned. So I went on this trip. I was gone for a week. And I got my first piece of fan mail. And it was an email that just said, my mom misses you on the news. She wants to make sure you're okay. You're her favorite reporter. And it said, the Jacksons. And I just wrote back and I was like, thank you so much. That's so nice. I'm okay. You know, I'm just on vacation and I'll be back. And, you know, what I didn't say was that was the validation I needed. That (laughs) somebody actually cared about me in this town to make Mm -hmm. me want to go back to work. So I go back to work and I, you know, life goes on. The girls that were mean kind of left the station eventually and things got a lot better. So a year or so passes and I start setting my sights to get back to my hometown of San Diego. And in order to do that in TV news, your resume is your videos. So you make a reel. So I meet with all the news directors whenever I was home. They look at my reel and they would all say the same thing. We need to see harder news. We need to see more of the crime, more of the it leads, it leads. But I'm reporting in this tiny town of Bend, (laughs) Oregon, where there's just not big city crime, which is a good thing, you know. So I'm coming back and I'm so motivated. And I'm just like every day I would hope and pray that something bad would happen. Like if I was driving, I'd be like, maybe there'll be a car crash right in front of me and I'll be first on the scene. Um, And so I told the morning producer If there's ever breaking news, call me, wake me up. I will cover it before my shift that starts at nine. So one snowy morning, she called me and it was really early, really cold. And she just said, there's a really bad wreck. It's about 45 minutes away. Can you cover it? And I'm just warm in my bed (laughs) and I'm tired. (laughs) And the words out of my mouth were, are they dead? And Mm. she said, I don't know. They won't tell me. So I called police dispatch from my bed and I asked if it was a fatal accident and they were very busy and they just said, we can't talk to you and got off the phone. So I got out of bed. I went to the station. I grabbed a camera. I went out to the scene, 45 minutes out there. And right as I got there, the ambulance was just pulling away. So I kind of got shots of that. I interviewed people about what they saw, went on with my day. And later that day, I had lunch with a friend of mine who was a cop and he told me that the lady in the wreck died. And my reaction was, sweet. Yeah. It's a mm, fatal. It's a win. <laughs> it's a win. So I went back to the station and I told everyone, you guys, that story I covered, it's a fatal. <laughs> and I was congratulated. High fives, Absolutely. way to hustle, way to go get them, Deanne. You're the top story tonight. It was like gold star for me. Yeah. So I do the story. Life goes on. And... A few months later, I was doing a story near where that wreck was, and I happened to have forgotten a tape for the camera, which meant I had to drive back to the station, back out 45 minutes each way. And as I'm driving, I'm noticing all these roadside memorials. And I just started thinking, I bet I've covered almost all these. And why is this highway so dangerous? Why don't they do something about it? And... I think to myself, I'm going to do a story on it. So that's another example of like enterprising your own stories. So when I get back to the station, I get out scripts of all these 
fatal accidents and I'm cold calling people to try to find their relatives to see if anyone wants to talk about this dangerous highway. And everyone is hanging up on me because <laughs> it's a really awkward call to make. Yeah. And finally, this older man answers and he says, I don't want to talk to you, but I'll put my daughter on. And he gives the phone to the daughter and I say, this is Deanne with KTVZ. By any chance, was your mom involved in an accident that was on this highway? And does she have a roadside memorial? And she just stops me. And she says, Deanne, with KTVZ, my mom was your biggest fan. Oh, wow. And I looked at the script, and the name was Alethea Jackson. Oh, and I wow. just remembered the name of that email was the Jacksons. Wow. And everything clicked. So mm. it was her mom who sent me that email. It was wow. her mom who's, I did not want to get out of bed unless someone was dead. Mm. And it was her mom, my number one fan, that I was at the scene while they were dying, being taken off in an ambulance. And it was her mom that I said, sweet. Yeah. It's a fatal. Wow. So I said that about my number one fan. I celebrated her death. Wow. And that was when I just realized, okay, that's crazy. But I still, not everything clicked. So I ended up doing a story with the daughter. We did this great story about how dangerous the highway was and how it should be changed. But I never told the daughter, hey, by the way, I said this about your mom or anything like yeah. that. I just kind of thought there's these coincidences. And this woman came into my life three times, but why? Yeah. But I also knew not to celebrate death anymore. So when I would see other reporters listening to a police scanner and something bad going on and getting excited, it would really annoy me. I would be like, you guys, we shouldn't be getting excited about this. Like somebody's right. life is being taken away right now. Let's not be cheering for death. So I knew that. And uh, I'd love to say I left the news industry immediately, <laughs> but it took a while for me to really connect it. And finally, one day, I don't know what that day was, but I said, I only want to focus on the positive and I want to carry out Alethea's legacy because I believe she was a good person who reached out to someone she didn't even know because right. she just cared about them. So that's kind of why I do what I do. I do it in her honor. And, um, you know, I think I'll always feel guilty for saying what I said. <laughs> and I hope she knows that like, I only, you know, want to carry on her legacy in a positive way. That's such a great way to build uh, your legacy by adding to hers because you never met her, but she yeah. at a moment of, of need for you spoke into your life, this encouragement of, you know, you're not wasting your time. You are good and you should keep going or whatever. Yeah. But what you didn't even know is, was, you know, God was using her to plant a seed in you to do this, to do the happier news stuff. And, and I've, I've been in situations where there were people that obviously had a vested interest in bad things happening and, and it, and it resulted in things that they didn't necessarily hope for bad things, but when they happened, they benefited from them. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a much different personality, but I think that incident changed the whole course of your life. And now you're really planting seeds all over the place of this happiness and, and it's not a, you know, Hey, everything's great unicorns and rainbows. It's you just try to grab that story that needs to be told because we can yeah. all report about what happened wrong, but what happened good? You know, what did, what did a politician do that was great? Or what did a mm -hmm. mom do that was, you know, beneficial or a school or whatever, instead of just the negative. 
So how did you get really into that and decide I need to make a podcast and a blog and, and really push this? Yeah. So I think once I became very focused on wanting to do positive, doors started opening and I ended up having this dream, dream job. It was with five hour energy, those little energy shots that you mm -hmm. see. They did a, a campaign where I got to go around the country and do stories on amazing people who gave back but had their own life obstacles and had a financial need. And at the end of every video, I had this envelope. And inside the envelope was a check for $50,000. Wow. So I got to surprise them <laughs> and be this angel that like swooped in, changed their lives and then left. Yeah. And so that was incredible. After a year and a half and a million dollars, they ended the program. And I felt like I went through this breakup. I was like, my yeah. life will never be better. Like, yeah. <laughs> my career has peaked. I mean, in many ways, it probably, you know, yeah. that was the dream job. But I always knew after that, I was like, that's just what I want to do. I want to help change lives. And whether it's 50 grand or it's just highlighting something good that's going on mm -hmm. or helping someone, you know, get the necessities they need, like toilet paper and socks. Like maybe it doesn't have to be $50,000, but it can be something right. smaller. So that's when I just knew those kind of give back stories are what I love to do. And so when I do journalism um, videos, I'm always looking for ways to give back or to surprise people or do positive things. And then the podcast started just last year and I reformatted not too long ago, a few months ago to be a weekly show of 10 minutes of positive news because I just believe we need to hear more of it and it just is an easy way to kind of fill your soul and get you in a good mood. And even for myself, like I have weeks where they're hard, they're stressful. And then I put my podcast together and I'm like, oh yeah, life is good. And there's people yeah. doing really good things. And maybe it's not something huge. Maybe it's just like a teenager mowing his neighbor's lawn because they're elderly and they can't get outside. Right. And that's cool. Like I love hearing that because that inspires me to be a better person. That's good. That, those are so important because, yeah, giving somebody $50,000 is kind of an easy way to get them to like you. Obviously, you know, yeah. that's a big deal. But <laughs> but noticing that the, just mowing your neighbor's yard or picking up some trash, pulling their trash cans up. My neighbors are out of town right now, and I've been putting their trash cans back up. And I'm thinking they probably have somebody to do that for them. I know somebody else is house sitting, but I'm like, it'll just make their lives a little bit easier by doing this one little thing. And, and, and it doesn't cost you much to just put forth a little bit more effort and, and who knows what seed you may plant that email probably took, you know, 30 seconds, a minute to write, but it changed the course of your life just because oh, yeah. somebody exactly. was willing to say, Hey, I like her. I miss her. I want her back on. And she inspires me and that people need to do more of that. If you see somebody really contributing or they make a difference in your life, send them an email, call them, write them a little note and, and just don't want anything. I just want you to know, I like what you're doing. Keep it up. You're doing a good job. We all need to hear that sometimes. Yes, you know? absolutely. Like, I'm giving all this up and just moving out in the middle of the desert. You know, it's like, no, you're doing a good job. Keep moving, keep going. Mm -hmm. We all need that. What's been your most, uh, I guess, inspirational piece of validation since starting in Happier News? Like uh, somebody telling you, I don't know, hey, I love your show or this made a difference. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the fan mail to come pouring in. Okay. Um, but <laughs> but actually, when I first started it. I'll start I go writing to, it now. Here yeah, right. <laughs> start right now, please. Send me that text. Um, 
<laughs> and send it anonymously, please. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, when I, I go to a yoga studio and I really look up to the instructor there and she was quoting my podcast for the like beginning talk that she gives. And I almost started crying because I just oh, wow. felt like, you know, you don't know sometimes if you're just kind of speaking into a hole, like, <laughs> yes, I can see my numbers, but you don't know who's really listening and who it's really impacting. Right. And this particular story impacted her so much that she was moved to start a sock drive for the homeless. And it oh, just wow. created a whole ripple effect. And I just thought, wow, like I helped launch that, even though it's not about me and you know, I'm not here to take any credit, but wow. that was a moment where I felt just really proud of something that I put out there is helping make a difference in people's lives. And then she went and did this and then who knows who else will inspire, but those socks go to the people who need them. And right. that's, that could change their life. They could die because they didn't have foot protection right. and now they're not going to die. That, that to me is such a great concept. I think people miss sometimes is is what your impact is on the world is, is constant. You know, you're always the, the guy at McDonald's that you just said, Hey, have a good day. Or the, the guy you left the door open for at the convenience store, or let them pull in front of you on the road or whatever. You have no idea the impact that could have. And, and I, I believe, and I'm a pastor, so I can't prove this theologically, but I believe <laughs> We're going to get to heaven and you're going to see the people that you impacted that you maybe never met and you have no idea just because you either, you know, maybe gave money to a charity or an organization or you gave somebody inspiration to give socks to somebody else that you will also never meet. And, and those things just matter more than I think we even completely understand. But that is the best validation when somebody tells you that because you said this, I did this and it impacted this and, and there's not really much in the world better than that. Yeah. I love what you said about meeting everyone in heaven. That's I've never heard that. I love that. And yeah, I mean, I've even tried for a long time. I wanted to do where you go through a drive through and buy food for the person behind you. And right. I always chickened out for some weird <laughs> reason. I was like, I'll do it another day. Yeah. And then I recently was inspired to do that. And you know, that's something you're not going to get a thank you for because right. your car is gone by the yeah. time they get to the window and someone tells them, by the way, they got your meal, right. but it felt so good. And I just thought, okay, that was easy. And that was so fun. Like mm -hmm. I need to do more of that because that impact, you just don't know whose life you're changing. And right. I also did it. So it wasn't the car behind me. I did two cars behind me just to like right. kind of space it even more. Right. Oh, wow. And, and that's necessary because I, I sometimes tell my wife, I'm, I'm too happy sometimes. So I'll watch like the first 45 seconds of ABC news and it's just <laughs> all the random bad things that have happened. But it's like, we focus on that instead of focusing on the good things. You know, somebody mm -hmm. gave somebody something or did some, something for somebody. And it's those little things, you know, that just saying a nice word to somebody, because I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard you know, nobody smiled at me all day and I was just having a horrible day and everything was going wrong. And then this one lady just said, you know, hey, I hope you, you know, get all your wishes or whatever, you know, just any kind of random goofy thing. But it changes your perspective because you're like, well, for some reason, I matter to her, even though she doesn't know who I am. And and those little deposits, I think, pay dividends. You know, and I tell people all the time, try to outgive God. You know, try to do your best to to just do more for somebody else 
than they're doing for you, especially without recognition. You know, it's like leave something behind, tip a little bit more. Yeah. Because you don't know what that waitress may be, you know, about to lose her apartment or, you know, son really needs some shoes or whatever it is. And that extra $5 that you really didn't miss could make a huge impact on her life. Absolutely. Love that. Sometimes I just rant. Yeah, I was just letting you get there. (laughs) I was just thinking because, you know, you were talking about in college and not making much money and trying to find a job. and, And I talk about this sometimes $20 when I was in college would make a big deal. Now I didn't always spend it in a good way. I spent it on things I probably shouldn't have been spending it on, but sometimes $20 to us is not a lot of money, but it, to somebody else could make a huge impact, just like a pair of socks or, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that I can go home and put on a clean pair of socks. Not everybody can do that. So just giving something away that you don't need could change somebody's whole life because they desperately need it. And just if you've ever been the recipient of a pay it forward, it feels amazing. Oh yeah. Amazing. I had my husband and I have a company called kombucha on tap and we distribute kegs of kombucha, which is a health beverage. And we were doing an event at a store called Lululemon, which is a very expensive workout apparel store that I I do love, but it's very expensive. And we were raising money for the special Olympics. So we were just, selling the kombucha and giving all the money to the special Olympics. And afterwards I was like, I'm going to treat myself to a pair of new running pants. And they're like, you know, $90. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, and plus we were pretty new at our company. So we weren't even taking it a salary at this point. So money is very tight, but I said, I'm doing it. And right when I got to the register, they just cut off the tag and they said, this is on us. We just want to thank you for, oh, wow. you know, being out here today to raise money for the special Olympics. And I almost started crying right then and there because <laughs> It just felt so amazing. And, you know, to be on the other end of it was incredible. I'll never forget it. That's awesome. It was just so cool. Yeah. I was so, so surprised. I was amazing. Telling some people the other day, too, that, you know, don't steal that blessing from somebody else. Somebody wants to bless you. You can't say no because, just like you said, when you bought that person's uh, lunch, that blessed you in ways you didn't even realize. You know, it was overwhelming. Mm Other people should get to feel that and bless you. And when yep. we tell them, no, no, you can't give me that. You know, I want to pay for it or whatever. We're stealing that blessing from them. And we need to let other people do that. There's a, a guy in our church. He's he's very well off. And uh, he and his wife were on a, a plane. And he, he had surgery on his, I think, one of his arms, one of his shoulders. And so he was in like a sling thing and they're on an airplane. He really wanted a bottle of water, but it was in the carry on bag in front of his wife. And he sat there for like 15, 20 minutes, dying of thirst, wishing he had that water bottle, but he didn't want to ask her to get it because he felt like, you know, uh, I shouldn't be needy. I'll wait until we get up and then I'll figure it out. And finally, he's like, is there any way you could get me that water bottle? And his wife is amazing. We'll do anything for anybody. And she's like, well, sure. And just opens it and hands it to him and stuff. And he goes, when you said I'm stealing a blessing from somebody, that really hit me because that's what I did to her. I She wanted to bless me, but I wouldn't let her. And so that that's a really cool thing that, you know, let other people bless you too. Yeah. And then once you do become a recipient, pay it forward in another way in your life. Bless somebody else. Absolutely. One way, shape or form. It's like if somebody listening wants to bless me with a Harley, I will give people rides. <laughs> yes. I will yes. bless other people with rides on my Harley. <laughs> 
Lululemon wants to keep sending me pants. There you go. I oddly know, and this will shock probably a lot of people that know me, that I know about those pants because my daughter, she's 18, but she works really, really hard and is just such a great, you know, trying to do as much as she possibly can. She uh, has like three jobs and she works really hard. She finally got to the point where she could buy a pair of those pants. And uh, she told me how much they cost. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. You're buying leggings for like $100. That makes no sense whatsoever. And it's not like she works out all the time or anything. But she goes, but this is my reward for what I've done. I've worked so hard to to spend $100 exactly. on a pair of pants. I'm like, okay. They have a lifetime warranty on them. They last a long time They're and they make you look pants. really good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really the only thing that matters. So Exactly. Good for her. I support her. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. She And that's what she always says. I don't have kids or a family or anything. I'm 18. I should spend my money on stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, yourself. That's pretty cool. So when somebody needs a good fix of positive, uplifting news, where can they go to find that? So yes, come listen to my <laughs> podcast for sure. That's in happier news and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then, I mean, I also scour the internet to find my good stories. So, you know, follow good news network, follow different ones you see, especially if you're active on Facebook, because when you fill your feed with all the positivity, oh. it just makes going online and social <laughs> media that much better as opposed to following all the negative And then you, <laughs> every day you're bombarded by it. Yeah. Right. So I encourage, you know, surrounding yourself with as much positive news because it is out there. You just have to search it a little harder, but I will give you the highlights every week. Nice. That's that's a great resource of you get that weekly dose of good news because mm-hmm. bad news will find you. But the good news, you know, you got to put that in front of you. So you, you proactively, get to see it. yeah, proactively, intentionally take that in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and we discussed on your show that, you know, you have to take that conscious decision to look at the world in a positive lens also that, yeah. you know, bad stuff happens. It just does. So where, where do you yeah. go from there? And mm-hmm. I, I found if I'm pouring in a lot of positive information, that positive lens comes in a lot faster than if I just watched, you know, CNN or, um, oh man, <laughs> the year 2020 is coming up. So it's <laughs> exactly. more and more political debates and political, oh, yeah. you name it, just people just bashing each other on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, Probably the time of year I, I just want to put my head in a hole and then right before election, get the cliff notes <laughs> and then vote based on what I believe in. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that, that negativity, I start getting mad at everything. You know, mm-hmm. just, you know. And that's why we talk a lot on this show. And then I, I preach about this all the time. It's like be for stuff. Don't be against things. You know, don't be anti whatever. Be for things. And and. People want to be around people that are for things. You know, I'm not against whatever. Don't tell me what you're against. Tell me what you're for it. And politics is such a great example of that. Follow a politician or a person that you want to support based on what they're for, not what they're against. If they're running against things, move on. Go go find somebody else because well, there's plenty of hate and discontent out there in the world. But be for things, be positive in those kind of things. And you'll, like you said, see more of that. And this is a great resource for that. Yeah. Cheer each other on. And if you notice you're getting negative, like even a positive story, you'd be surprised how many people could look at that and find negative things in it. (laughs) And it's amazing. And it just kind of shows where your own mindset is at. So if you notice you're being like that or hypercritical, change Mm -hmm. that attitude. And then like you said, cheer people on, become a cheerleader for yourself and for others. 
So I think if, if you're listening to this and you're wondering how you can get more, obviously go get the podcast and connect and all of that. But today, just go do something positive for somebody else that doesn't benefit you at all, whether it's a tip or just let somebody have a parking spot or whatever it is. Do something that just makes the world a little bit better in your little sphere of influence, whatever that is. And final yeah. words of wisdom from Deanne. I love all, I love all that. Um, open the door for people. I think that's the easiest thing you can do. I am, um, like practically nine months pregnant and I still open the door for people and I think they, they get a little shocked, <laughs> especially men. I'm like, here, come on in. But I just believe that that's, you know, one easy thing you can do for someone and shopping carts. If you see someone struggling to get theirs away or a mom with her hands full and you don't have that, just say, Hey, can I take your shopping cart and put it back for you? Like just these little itty bitty things can make such a difference. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 194. There you'll find links to Deanne's podcast and Happier News, but also her website, and any of the other resources that we've mentioned in this episode, you can find there. Um, Now, with that said, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Now, if you just want to share it on your social media, that's good too. We'll take that. And we're not saying do this for our own benefit. Do this because somebody else may want to hear this message from Deanne. Maybe you know somebody who's tired of the usual doom and gloom of the news, and they're looking for a happier outlet. This is the show that'll help you do that. So with that said, we're so glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.